feel like we're off to a great start. There's got to be, there has to be something in there that I can edit into the beginning of this episode because probably the part where I go, I haven't been this close to shitting my pants (laughs) in years or whatever. Perfecto. Let's do it. I'm in love with the Gearbuds and I listen, listen to, to the podcast now. Gearbuds podcast episode 100, episode N- Nintendo 164, 164. Here we go. Let's Coming at you. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hi. We make a show and some people listen to it and this is that show. So thank you for being with us. Let's dive into the Symphony of Corrections. Here we go. Here's your weekly reminder. Cables and tone tubes. tubes. We almost got there on that one. I'm glad you tried. Thank you. Uh, and thank you also listeners for, for playing along with us and listening along and following along on the stuff. So if you want, you can follow on the sub stiff. You can follow on the stuff. <laughs> you can subscribe on the stuff. What am I talking about? You can email. You know what? It's because you brought over Bud Light, Dave. That's we're why, that's uh, we're feeling a little wacky today. Henry's that's, drunk off uh, half I'm, a beer. I'm drunk off half a Bud Light, not even. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about how, uh, whatever, who cares? Subscribe on the stuff, drink on the stuff, email us on the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. I really, I, dude, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm shaking it out. I can't speak right now. It's you're like, all right. Let's com. just coast through it, man. It'll be dot great. Com. Uh, shout out if you reach out. Got a shout out. We got a little uh, tag on the stuff today. Really? Really, David. You'll see that our friend Stephen Shirk from Shirk Studios, one of the coolest places around, uh, posted this really awesome Sennheiser 421 hack and tagged us in it. So I'm tagging you in it, bud, for shouting us out. So thanks. Go check out Shirk Studios. What's the hack? Tell me about it. I don't want to. I don't want to steal his thunder. Make people click on the link. You got to go over to his Instagram and check it out. Shirk Studios. Hit up Shirk Studios, man, for sure. And and listen to that episode of that show because he was on this goddamn podcast. G dang. And uh, yeah, that's that. Dave, you went to Wisconsin this weekend. I was up in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And I know that many things happened. We just talked about one that it's, most of it's going to get edited out of the show. But there, <laughs> this one we're going to leave in sure. because you said you had some sort of guitar talk. It was uh, it was great, happened. man. Um, what happened? I was just, you know, the right amount of Bud Lights. And uh, <laughs> I was talking to the, this bartender. So we go to this bar. It's called uh, Elvoy's for anybody who knows up in Northwoods. Shout out Elvoy's. It's literally a bar in like the woods. Like you drive into, you park in a field and that's where the bar is. It's so crazy. Oh boy. And it's very pirate themed. You go down there and there's like pirate flags. Their their whole logo is like a skull and crossbones type thing. So we start talking to the bartender. Let me ask a, just a couple more establishing questions. Sure. How large is this establishment? Tiny. Like you're talking eight seats across, maybe four seats on the side. Oh, intimate. Very intimate. Everybody knows everybody in there. Uh, they did the record did the record scratch? Ooh, I'm gonna come back to that. Did the yeah. record scratch when you when you walked in the door? I was like, who are these? No, people? no, no. Because we were with the locals. Ah, Luckily, gotcha. uh, they're friends of the establishment. The people that we were with, shout out Matt Witt and Colette for taking us there. It was so cool that people do smoke in there. It had a, ri- a bit of a Richards vibe. Mm. Um, I'm not used to that. We definitely had to like not wear those clothes for the this rest isn't of the that wasn't a slam on anyone that listens to the show named richard no yes it's just there's this really specific ridiculous bar in chicago yes. where you can still smoke and it's run by the gang yes yeah. uh, the it's mafia awesome. it's, it's pretty awesome a fucking great place and great songs on the jukebox anyways they did have a thing where you pass around um they had like a remote and you type in like what you want to hear and then it goes up on the screen and there's a list of everybody's was requests it, was it in the shape of an iphone and no 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 no, that's the crazy thing. It was like it more looked more like that Game Boy thing over there, dude. What really? Yeah, 
It was crazy looking. I it was had like, a I don't joystick? know how to use it. No, no joystick, but it had like uh, keys and shit. Oh, it was crazy. So wow. you, you type it in, it goes Dude, up that's there. A, that's total gearbox content. It was what pr- was it called? It you was a proprietary. It <laughs> they made device. it. Device. I'm telling you, <laughs> it was so weird. I literally they handed it to me because they're like put it in a song, and I'm like, I don't even know how to look things up on this. Anyways, we get to talking to the bartender, and we're talking about guitars and this and that. Yes. And he's like, Oh, I got an old <clears> guitar. <throat> and I was like, Really? And I was like, what is it? And he's like, it's a 1981 Les Paul. It's black. And I was like, cool. Can I see it? Yeah. And he's like, he had a picture on his phone. He didn't have it there at the mm-hmm. establishment. And? His friend gave it to him. It was an 81 Les Paul Custom. Custy Black Beauty? Immediately, my wife's like, can we buy it? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how much do you want for it? And he's like, it's not for sale. I was like, really? Everybody's sure? got a price. Everyone has a price. Although, we know what things cost. Uh, our price probably would have been under his price. 81, yeah. 81, I think we offered him four grand for it, which probably would have been a low ball, to be honest. Yeah. For a custom. Yeah. Um, Cash in hand, you never know. You never know. And uh, we could have made reseller, the transaction. Which you aren't, but. but it was cool. It was just cool to go out in the middle of nowhere. You talk to this old bartender who's probably, you know, in his 60s, working there. A couple kids like us Does come he still in. rip it? He doesn't even play. Oh. That was the thing. He said, like, a friend of his played. I think the, he might have passed away or something, but... They left him the guitar and he's like, I have this guitar. I don't, you know, I'm like, what are you doing with it? Yeah. That? But it is kind of that story of like, you go to a small town, you never think you're going to like run into something like that. And the guy's like, yeah, I have this old fucking guitar just like in a case sitting there. Old Custy Gibby. What, uh, what, 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 did cash, he, what did you, what did he say when you were like, Hey, what are you going to, well, if you're not going to play it, what are you going to do with it? Immediately was like, just not interested. Yeah. I think he was keeping it for sentimental value, which yeah. is fine. You yeah. know, totally. Um, and it's beautiful. And then I sent you a picture of that Rolling Stones book he had. That's right. He had this book called Rolling Stones Volume One, and it was everything charted out. I'm, I'm assuming on guitar, but the music charted out for like all their songs. It, I think the book was produced in 1980. I looked it up, so everything pre 1980. Which was, I mean, what which is my 19, favorite Stones? What era. happened like, after 1980? Yeah, nothing. Out. Like it ends with some girls. That's pretty much the last good record. So. Um, Anyway, shout out to Shots boys. fired. Rolling Shots Stones fired. fired. Oh, dude. I'll talk Stones all day. You'll talk Stones all day because we got a podcast. So do whatever you let's want. Let's do it, man. I love you. All right. Let's talk about some more gear stuff because I, I love that story. Thanks we got a lot of it. news today. Dude, that, there's so much stuff we've got. I mean, we're this is our post NAM episode. We're going to have to move in. The thing is, so I'll spoiler alert. We kind of talked about most of the super awesome stuff already because that's just what we do around here, buddies. But there is still some really cool stuff that we did not get to. And there are some things that I want to actually update on that I learned a couple of things about uh, about having watched some videos. I That wasn't a good sentence. Let's talk about some good things because we actually covered it before that uh, Norm from Norman's Rare Guitars was uh, hospitalized. Yes. But it, uh, I watched a video and he is on the mend and doing better. Wow. Uh, he's in a rehab center right now out of the hospital. So that's great. Yeah. Super, super exciting news. Love to hear I'm that. I'm still Norman kicking, man. I love is, it. Is, is doing it. So, love to hear that. Shout out to Norm Norm's Rare Guitars. That's GFI for sure. That is a big time GFI. Uh, another thing that I would very much consider a GFI, uh, we we're talking about the Two Notes Revolt, which was that super awesome amp and a, amp and a pedal deal mm-hmm. uh, that you you seem to really be interested it in. It kind of had it had everything, and you could that was the one you could tweak yourself, like you could tweak all. Oh, the, that was the blue guitar. You oh, talking, sorry. That was, yep. You know for sure. I, there, we've talked about lots of amp, amps yeah. and pedals lately. We got more amp in a box news. Well, the reason I'm bringing this one back because it, up to you specifically, David, is that I uh, learned that not only is there the Revolt G, which stands for guitar, they have a Revolt B. What does that stand for? There's 
There's a base version. Oh, come on. Yeah, buddy. You we were talking me. about like how many are there? Like we were talking about which what are the base solutions? We brought up the Sans amp and, and what we did ask, and we don't know. You know, some of these amp makers. Revolt so B. That's cool. Yeah, we'll look into that. Of course, we. I th- think Dark Glass is kind of running the show on that yeah. one right now too. Tech Twenty One makes solutions. Either way, I I was excited by that because that's really cool. I think that it, maybe even more so than guitar versions, I'm a fan of bass versions of that idea because direct bass recording often sounds better to me than recorded bass. It's the Just mix. Going to sh- shoot that fire, it's but the, the mix, two right? Yeah, mix, of course, right. of course. So, but then I'm more. I guess I'm more apt mm-hmm. to like the sound of a direct bass amp pedal than absolutely. I am a guitar one in general. Anyways, I totally agree. Yeah, so, I think that's absolutely fair. Very excited about that. Also excited about this. Okay, so we brought it up the. Ernie Ball, Music Man, Tosin Abasi situation yeah. last week. And that seems to have been something that sig- everyone was really excited model? to talk about. Well, it turns out it isn't actually a signature model. It's it's a new line of Ernie Ball, Music Man guitars okay. in, a, in, in association with Tosin Abasi. It is, I, I read something or where he was even talking about, or I think it might have been, a, been in a video I watched, where he said it isn't an a signature instrument so just okay. wanted to clarify that but also i learned a couple other things about the guitar that i hadn't heard before that make me even more excited so okay. i want to share them with you Hit me, dude. and everyone this guitar has something that they're calling an infinite fretboard radius what yeah just let that sink infinite. in for one second infinite compared in, to like a seven and a quarter a, type thing huge <sighs> nailed it exactly that's right infinite so that basically the the description that i have have heard and d- don't really totally understand but <laughs> i'm already lost is that normally when you think about the radius like so the fretboard radius you're you're making the radius from the center to the outside edge of a circle and then you just follow that around and then you have a circle right so you're right. taking like a cross section of that circle that's your fretboard radius for your guitar just whatever the width of your fretboard is well when you think about that you when you when you go from one end of the radius to the other, that has a point. So your every fretboard radius has a point at the top of it. What they're saying now is they're moving that point instead of being at the top of that radius to both sides. Now there's sort of two high points and the rest is effectively flat in between. Again, not saying that I understand. You explained things, it pretty well. I mean, but that was I don't understand it. But. That was that was how I understood it at the time. I don't know. Either way. I want to play it now because I don't know what that means. I want to try it, yeah. And also I noticed there's a huge electronics plate cover on the back, so there must be a lot of active electronics and stuff going on there that I wasn't aware of before. And that they also have heat-treated pickups. Uh, Don't know what that means. Somehow they claim that it optimizes the magnetic field. Again, have no idea what that means or why one would heat-treat a pickup, but I'm still interested to to know why they're doing that and what what that actually accomplishes. Okay. So they're making some moves over there, I and like that it. guitar is that it seemed to be kind of the talk and am in a lot of ways. Or that did you see the, the video the for, uh, with uh, Ben from Redwich? He posted, oh, or he baby. posted not a video. It was a uh, what well, was it? Him talking or he was our buddy Ben. Something. We're going to talk about him later in the show. We? we are. Well, real quick, yeah. he had a picture with. That's what it was. He had a picture with Tosin, and he was like, he called him up to come play guitar oh, or he, something. He, that's right. He played guitar. Because he was wearing like he's like he's last time I'll ever suit. wear like a crazy suit. That's right. They like pointed him out from the crowd, and he like went up and played. And he's also like six six or something. He's just this tall, yeah. crazy and and crazy cool looking, and also great guitar playing guy. So I'm sure he ripped it up there too. Shout out to I mean my we're gonna favorite. we're gonna talk about him a little bit later. Too little Redwich news. Oh, actually, it might be his other projects news. Ooh. 
which Very we, cool. if you want to go back and listen to that episode of this podcast, we talked had about him a little bit. So uh, that also, uh, this is, I'm going to go ahead and call this a BFI because you sent me a Craigslist post uh, of an ang- <laughs> of our local little Chicago angry Craigslist. At least he did a selfie. And I, look, what I, I can't believe is. that that's actually a selfie. Do you think that, do you think that's really a selfie or do you think that has that to be image a- from the internet? Okay, folks, we're kind of, I, I know this is tough for an audio podcast, we're but there's this the, picture. Uh, Inclusive. We we talk about the angry Craigslisters around. Love them. Love them. Don't flag them. No. Nope. But this time, it specifically starts off with, and I took a screenshot. Oh, says, nice. Please flag me! Exclamation point is the first line. Uh, the the subject line is be at peace with your posts. <laughs> Emphasis on the all caps. Yeah. Words. Okay. This is what you are saying when you post with no picture, no post, no price, no post, no sense. No post. He's so mad. Points. The caps is just. It, it make, goes on like this. But his 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 selfie of him dressed as I would argue we're, the, right. So we're we're burying the lead. The picture is really what sells this whole thing. There. He's wearing. Mean, he kind of. It kind. I think you described it as Grand Wizard. That's the head of the KKK. It's real fucked up. Yeah. It's creepy. So this. Why is would you finally? Finally, uh, he refers to himself as the GWO Great Wise One at the end. So Grand that Wizard. might be his. I mean, wow, holy shit. I didn't even realize that. Well, I don't know what the O is, but who cares? <sighs> oh Fucking psycho, dude. <laughs> what Crazy. the fuck? Anyways, too good to flag. Had to send you a screenshot. Yeah, but I, no, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, this one with that fucking. Just so oh weird, bro. God. So it's weird. Fucking insane. Uh, oh, last thing before we get to my fave segment every yeah. week. Uh, this is pretty exciting. We've talked about this product kind of a lot and have become sort of friendly with with the brand at certain points. And that is the Elk Audio Elk Bridge, which is that live real-time streaming jam with other musicians yes. uh, interface They finally system. figured it out. They're the ones. Not only did they figure it out, right now they've got a summer deal going on. And I know this sounds like an, an ad, but it's not. I just think it's an awesome idea because I want one and maybe to get a p- couple people to go in on this with me. But... If you buy two right now or more, you get one free. So, you're, and, and, and it just to be clear, it's the module and is it a subscription service? You will have to still subscribe to use okay. the service. Yes, that but is, still, that's a good point. You got three guys in the band, split the money. That's right, eight, eight or four, and then you know whatever. Yeah. So uh, right now is the time if you're thinking about getting those and want to jam remote. For you remote jammers out there, I think it's kind of a sweet. Deal. And did we ever talk about? Do they have like the social platform too, where you can link up with other musicians? Because maybe that was our idea, or was I think that, that might have been your idea? But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question, buddy. Well, maybe something we should be able to chat with people down and to see who wants to meet some other meet some other Elk Audio awesome, users man. that want to jam. I would so do cool. it. Hell yeah. And we got to try a jam session, 7 p.m. Throw it on the Google Cal. There it is. You know what else I want to throw on the Google Cal? What's that? That time of the show where I get to say my two favorite words when you get out your notes on your freaking phone. Oh, dude. I've got so many notes that I might not even use notes today. He's got all the notes in Dave's Docs. Dave's Docs. Dave's Docs. I'm so happy I watched this. What happened? What did you watch? Dude, it was getting mixed reviews. Uh-oh. And I watched it. By whomst? Probably the hardcores, the hardcore fans. No, so no cashies? Oh, by the way, I will uh, caveat. This mm. is not a documentary. Uh-oh. It was a miniseries. What? Called Pistol on FX oh, about the Sex Pistols. Okay. It's based on the book by Steve Jones, who was the guitar player. Sure. You know he wasn't the guitar player? Did you know he was the singer originally? 
and he didn't even play guitar until the the manager handed him a guitar and was like, "You're gonna be the guitar player now." Now, is this according to the TV show or real life? I, look, uh, I will disclaimer: I'm only basing this on what I saw from the miniseries. Six okay. episodes on FX. If yes. you want to watch it, uh, directed by Danny Boyle, who did oh, no kidding, fucking Train Spotting. Yeah. Um, if you can get past the foggy filter they used over the whole thing, oh, it's no. really weird. Yeah, I didn't know why they did that. Um, it kind of hurt my eyes after a while, but I will say, it was fucking awesome, dude. Okay, so I'm I, glad you I like can't it. Let me clarify it something. Six episodes. Are, are we talking thirty minutes or no, full hour? Hour baby. So six hours. Six I watched. Hours I split it pistols. up into two nights. Three hours a night. And I will say this: <laughs> if I could watch it all at once, I would. Oh, it was that good, geez. dude. It was that fucking good. What was that good about it? Okay. Tell us. I won't get into like the whole like history of the Sex yeah. Pistols. I just want to talk about talk the about band the show for a while or the band. First of all. The, overly, the underlying theme, actually overlying, because it was pretty obvious, mm-hmm. was that this was a band that started with this idea that we don't care if we can play music. We're just going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and we don't care about people liking us. We don't care about like people following us. Uh, I think their quote in the film was, if the Ramones are the Beatles, we want to be the Stones. So they wanted to be like the baddest bad boys ever. Mm-hmm. And then they end up becoming famous and like, you know, teenage girls start going like, oh, my God, like cut my hair and start dressing like them. Like that was kind of the whole thing. They started a whole culture. It was pretty fucking badass. Hmm. Um, Sid Vicious wasn't even a bass player. No, I knew I knew I know a lot of a lot of people know that, Um, you know, he. but I didn't know that he was like friends with the band, like almost the entire time they were together Hmm. and they fired their bass player who was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. but he didn't get along with Johnny, the lead singer. Yeah, it's not, it's Sid, Sid didn't even play on the famous Glenn, Never Mind the Bollocks. Glenn Matlock yeah. was their original bass player. Unbelievable musician, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but they always made fun of him, especially Johnny Rotten made fun of him because he was like, oh, you're trying to be Paul McCartney. And he's like, what's wrong with Paul McCartney? You know, <laughs> so it was kind of like that whole vibe going on. They're like, dude, you have to suck to be in this what band. What is wrong with Paul McCartney? Nothing. I don't know. I'm sure we could find something, but let's, <laughs> I'd rather not. Let's keep talking about this. Um, dude, I just, I fucking loved it. So Steve Jones, he was the singer. This, so it follows him. He's like the main character. And no kidding. The book written by Steve freaking Jones. I know. But no, I mean, he really was. He was the only one in the band. The drummer stayed around. for Him and the drummer were best friends. Mm-hmm. And the drummer stayed around the entire time. Uh, the manager had a lot to do with their success. He managed the New York Dolls. And they that band imploded after he basically dressed them up like Nazis or no, like, uh, well, they were like Chinese Nazis. They were like wearing like red and like all these like crazy like mm. outfits. And that was when the band was like, this is over. And I yeah. remember that from the from the New York Dolls documentary, which was in the previous episode, episode of the show. 69. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was Malcolm McLaren. So the manager's name yeah, is Malcolm McLaren. That's right. Um, and he ends up doing almost the same thing to these guys where he just like drives them into the ground. He gives them like the worst tours, the worst shows, and they become a band out of that. But, um, oh my God, dude, I, I just, I can't say enough about it, man. I, I mean, it had, the acting was incredible. It really was. Did they, okay, here's a question. Real, did they have real Sex Pistols music in there? Yes. I, and, and that's what I was actually wondering. I was like, so they're playing the songs, but it sounded re-recorded because I've listened to the record. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like they didn't just overdub music like they were playing and all the guys in the in the show. That was my next question. How did they do? A hundred percent. These guys did the parts. 
great. Love, it was love so to, cool. Love to see that. I love to see that shit. Um, you know, it. Uh, How the about last... the gear? <laughs> <laughs> so the guitar he hands him, the guitar he gets Steve well, Jones. Yo, the the Lester, seventy four Les Paul custom, no pick guard, mm. pinup stickers on mm-hmm. it. You've seen it before. Oh yeah. Later, I found out because I googled it. He was playing a black Les Paul custom. That was a fifty four custom. Oh yeah. But uh, th- did they put humbuckers in it, or was he? Put, is it still uh, that's a good question. I think it was. I think it was P nineties actually. Wow. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the white seventies P bass, the Sid, the Sid vicious P bass, slung low with a black um, pickguard. The original guitar player who they fired had a burst. That was pretty cool. Um, oh, a, r- a real burst. Yeah. Well, it looked like it, and I would assume in nineteen seventy four when they like formed. It yeah, was, there were only a few years where you could have. Had yeah, it was like. But then it was like, oh, yeah, you can just have, you know, just buy one of those for a decent price. Um, obviously, the um, uh, my boy Glenn played a, most of the time, he actually played a natural P-Bass, like a mid-70s natural P-Bass. Then he got the Burgundy Rick Bass, which is the one you see him most with if you Google some of their YouTube videos and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Dude, can I tell you something? I, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I didn't hear the last sentence that you said. Oh. Because for some reason, you saying burst just made my mind think of something. Yeah. Can I share it? Please. This is a podcast. I was thinking about how if you like, we've talked about on the show, how like if we if we could take a time machine back in the past where you'd go and, like, and buy, a bunch of go buy a bunch of guitars. Yeah. What I what shot in my brain I was like, wait a second. This all just happened, by the way. Please. Wait a second. If you go back in time and buy those guitars it's going to be weird to bring them back with you because they're going to be basically like newish guitars at that time. So what you've got to do is go back in time, bury them, find or I mean, or find like a storage somehow that, yep. you know, will be like safe for we've talked about 70 years. Have we really? Yes. What do you do? Does it age when you travel forward? No, because then you would age too. Right. So it can, but do how oh, that's well, we're talking about time travel right now. That's but right, like, but that's I know. But the, you, so you would have you have to, to put in a storage, and then hope that storage space doesn't like close. So you have to do a lot of research down. now to find a place where you can trace back, such as that bar that we talked about last week that Elvoy's. has been around since oh. or this week, but the <laughs> bar that we know that has been around since like 900 AD. Yes, go go in fucking Ireland. make friends with those people and like set it up for like to, for the time travelers that you can go back there. That's why my first reaction goes just bury it underground where you know it's. Hopefully it's not a condo development. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's what if pipes or tunnels or buildings or whatever, you know, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta really do your research and then burying too. Like the guitar is going to get fucked up underground. At least if you put it in a nice sort of like seal the case, I guess. Yeah. There there are precautions that could be taken. I suppose. Would that be a closet queen then at that point? It would be like a, of a casket. Cause I don't know if it'd be a a casket casket queen. queen. (laughs) We just got the name for the episode. (laughs) uh dude i mean that's really interesting uh, sorry i just that that's what happened in my brain with a bud light uh and, and this you're is a sponsored wasted episode. off I'm half a bud light. i'm thinking about time I'm travel my, i'm about to get three about right here okay, so um did uh any did you have any other gear things that you wanted to say because i always like to talk about the gear on these yeah movies. oh uh fender baseman or a showman i couldn't really tell but a silver face mm. was what they played out of oh so there's a scene in the in the opening part of the uh, the show I call it the movie yeah but it's like a six it's hour cinematic movie. yeah in the opening scene uh, Steve breaks into um, the Odium I think mm-hmm. it is and David Bowie had just performed there and I'm assuming they didn't strike the stage because all this shit was still set up and he steals David Bowie's mic like he broke in through a window 
and that's kind of how the whole thing starts. And he steals a microphone, and he said it's still got his lipstick on it. No from way. The night before. Yeah. And that was kind of a whole thing. I don't know if this is a true story. Again, this is just based off of the show that I watched. For sure. Which is fucking fantastic. Dude, now I'm seriously tempted. I want to go... I do want to watch this, but also I want to watch. I'm sure someone's gone. Like, here's all the like factual stuff that did or did not happen in yeah, the show. Like, I that want, would I ruin wanna, it. I think. No, though. I know, but I I just want to know. Like, I will say this. that stories like that. Like, if that's real, right? If that's real, but I will say this: whoever did like the gear for the movie or whatever yeah. you want to call it, nailed it. Love Everything that. they did was dead fucking on. Mm-hmm. Like the guitar. I'm sure the mic that even Bowie was using, because here's the cool thing. They do real footage throughout the thing. So it'll be like, he's stealing this microphone, right? So he like breaks in and there's a security guard and he just clips the wire and like grabs it and runs out. I want to, I don't know why you just disconnected, but um, whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's more dramatic that way. Yeah, it was fine. Um, It was hardwired into the stadium. But anyways, it was like, (laughs) but he grabs it. I'm sure. And then they show Bowie like singing into the same mic. So there was very good attention to detail about this. So important to me. So he gets busted doing this. And this is before the band is like really formed. He steals a rig from, um, Oh, Mott the Hoople. No, that was a super random guy. That's actually really funny because um, we they were mentioned in the in the show. Oh no shit! Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, uh, Hawkwind. Oh. He goes into Hawkwind. He's fighting Lemmy. Because that's his thing. He breaks into venues and he like steals shit. Because I guess I'm just assuming people don't strike after they perform. That's I've never. That, or maybe, maybe they're they doing two nights. Then, maybe they're doing like they do now. Two two or three nights in a row, so they leave everything set up. I don't know if they do that uh, or not. Maybe. That's all logistics. He breaks in and he's he's stealing like a moog or something like he's fucking bringing like a board. He's stealing like literally like a uh, like a desk, like a desk <laughs> out of Hawkwind's like sound setup. And he's grabbing it and then the cops bust him. And then the guy, Malcolm, who their manager, was, yeah. he bails him out. He goes to court and he like represents him as his lawyer. And he's like, you know, this man is innocent. If you give him one more chance, well, I promise you'll never see him again. in like the judicial system and all this stuff. And that's when he becomes the manager of the band. And he's like, we're going to work together. We're going to like, I got your back for the rest of this. Dang. It was a cool fucking story, man. Yeah. I got to say, I went back and listened to some sex pistols for the last couple of days. I've been on a fucking run. Dude. You've been on a little punk run. They only released one record little punky Davy boy since they formed. It was probably four years after they formed. They released their first record. It was, it was just four sing- years. It was later. just singles up until then. Yeah. You know who they released the record under? Atlantic? Close. It was Warner Brothers and it was Richard Branson. Oh, young Richard Virgin. Young Richard Branson is in the film. He's on he's on his private boat and they're just like crushing drinks and like hanging out and he's like I want to you know I want to make you guys make a record and then hit the record. And that was after Sid Vicious joined and all that shit. When they had which the he didn't play thing. on any of the records. Mm-mm. Um, the later stuff after they fired Glenn Matlock was just Steve. Steve playing the bass. Playing the yeah. bass, yeah. And, and pretty much. Well, do you know like, why? Because he's, he's not because he sucked. Because he was in the fucking hospital because his arm got infected from shooting it with heroin. From the heroin. Fucking a man. Um. Anyways, I would say this, man. I've watched Filth and Fury, which is their documentary. If you guys want yes. a real documentary about the band, Filth and Fury is the best one you can find. I loved this. They they did shot for shot. There's a scene where they go on a talk show. And they're doing like uh, they bring their whole entourage. You've probably seen it before. And they're swearing and they're drunk as shit. And they're just like cussing out everybody. And there's like it sounds familiar. It's it's a famous like scene of the first time the F word was ever said on like English TV. Uh, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're like. Yep. They're, they're sort of staggered and seated. It, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they have a whole entourage. And there's a guy with a swastika. Like it's a little yeah. weird. 
but they uh and they talk about all that actually too and um but this whole scene they did it like scene by scene so if you watch the show like on youtube mm-hmm. and you watch this side by side the acting they nailed every That's part great. every mannerism it's so fucking good dude it was so fucking good. Wow, you're right because I have seen I I, <clears throat> I haven't read any reviews, but I've seen that there have been like it's been hot or cold on it for people. People I think really love it or they're super not into I'm, it. I'm I'm really into it because I looked at it as a movie. I didn't look at it as like I'm comparing it to like what really happened. Like, okay, sure. It's based on Steve Jones's book, yeah. you know. So obviously it was his memory. But all the clips of like them performing and them doing like music videos and stuff, they nail it shot by shot, and it's really fucking. That's good, fun dude. to watch. The acting's great. The scene where um, Johnny Rotten tries out for the band because they just like have this guy. They're like, we know this guy. We want him to just be the singer. He can't even sing. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he's like auditioning. I think they're in the clothing store that they made famous too because they would steal all their clothes from this clothing yeah. store. They were friends with the owner and uh, the manager was one of the owners and he's like auditioning and he's like singing and they're like, just sing something. And he's like, I can't sing. And like, there's just this great scene where like the actor himself just does a brilliant job. It's so good, dude. Damn, you're, I, I see. I, you you got to watch it, dude. I, I talk to you about a lot of documentaries and or movies or shows or whatever it is, all stuff about music, and uh, you, the, you're extra passionate about this one. I okay. am. I Dude, I went to bed and had like dreams about this. Like that that's, was the crazy thing because I watched. Crazy. I mean, I did watch it for three hours at a time before I went to yeah, bed. Yeah, but you're still so engaged and like wanting to watch it. And, and I the went. And I'm like, I'm like listening to the music on yeah, Spotify right. now and like all this shit. Whatever. Call me a poser. Call me whatever. Poser, bro. I know, but I don't give a shit. Punk it was dog. fucking well done. And anybody who like is talking shit about it, then you're cooler than me. I don't know what to say. I fucking loved it. Yeah. My wife loved it, and it was like six My hours loved it. of awesome fucking shit dude what was your totally arbitrary based on nothing ranking nine and a half out of ten bollocks oh nice that's your best one in a while too yeah dude. good wow it's nice to see you so amped up about this i was pumped i mean look dude six hours i couldn't even like i have notes but it's like fuck it dude it was just fuck great it. you free you freeballed it and they nailed it on the gear they nailed it on the playing the acting was great I don't know what else to say. I mean, the story was great. I don't know if it was real or not, but the story was fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. That's all you can ask That's for. That's the way that I, I appreciate that. That's the way you've got to go into the the viewing experiences. If you go into it looking for a documentary, then of course you're going to be disappointed. And at the end of the day, I mean, they were only a band for four years. So it's like such a small window, you know? You ready for another? I'm, yeah, just pass me another uh, Brewskers. Brewsker do. Anyways, yeah, it was, it was fucking good, dude. Uh, you have to watch it. I mean, if you guys have effects, if you have Hulu... Um, watch it. Bada boom ski. All right, let's talk some gear. Let's talk some gear. Let's get into future gear, perhaps. With the sub, I, I've been wanting to work in the nope or dope buck or yuck angle for a yeah. while, but I just don't know you how to. So that's just week? like I just feel like that's sort of our general. Uh, in general, I, I'm always th- going to be thinking about that. I don't know how else to say it. <clears throat> but I did want to. I did want to ask you: Did would you rather talk about a whole bunch of Nam gear to start? And then maybe try to fit in a, pot- a potentially interesting side art side discussion, or would you rather do that first? Have a little po- little little side diversion about a theoretical gear situation mm. versus getting right into all the Nam news. What are you feeling? You want to hit some Nam news? Because I did just get passionate about a documentary, so maybe we'll maybe we'll get technical. Oh, for that's a, a good call. You get cool down for a second. Cool talk down. About Let me gear. cool out. Because I got excited for some of this Nam gear too. You did. All right, so let's talk about a first one up that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the Neve main interface, so cool. The Neve eighty-eight M two channel interfaced. 
to be more specific. And it is also, I want to be clear, their first ever recording interface that they've ever made. They're stepping it up. I mean, yeah. You seem you seem you don't normally get excited about like recording gear, but you sent this to me like I'd already had it on the, and the I know. Thing, which you were like you were you, well because what, what made you so excited about this because it's get into the details it's yeah. Neve, okay, sure. and um I I always think of like UA as like the main the benchmark like the, the top yeah. you know um I'm I'm a focus right boy that's fine you know yeah. it, it works for what I need to do it, with it it's great I've recorded through Neve stuff it just makes everything sound better mm. I don't know what it is the fact that they're releasing an interface just makes me really excited all right let's get into it. It's a USB 3.0, like I said, their first interface, bus powered, which I am excited about because that means you, you can just bring a laptop and you know you don't have to do the whole extra interface power thing. Uh, here's the main selling point, just going to get it, get right at it. It's a two-channel interface, two input, two output. It's a little nice box. Although it has ADAT, so you can expand that. Yep. But it has the preamps, the the same exact preamps that come from their 88S desk, which is their sort of like current modern kind of benchmark desk. And it has two of those preamps built in straight out of the box. Plug it into your laptop. You've got two Neve preamps. And one would have to imagine some world-class conversion because it's Neve making this here. So they, they refer to them as reference-grade grade ADDA converters. Uh, they say that it has uncompromising audio quality and peerless musicality, designed and built in England. Here's an, an excellent thing that I should point out as well. Each of the channels, the input channels, has balanced insert points, which obviously aims this more sort of at the higher end uh, recording studio type person or someone that already has some external gear that they want to, because you can either use that in, insert point as a DI essentially, or with a TRS sort of breakout cable, you can then patch in any of your balanced studio hardware gear, like compressors, whatever, EQs, all that kind of stuff that you want to use. Um, they've got tr also transformer balanced inputs and outputs with proprietary Marinaire transformers, including on the line input. So they've, they've kind of checked all the boxes. They've, they've got direct monitoring options, which is a big deal right now. If you don't want to deal with latency, that's always a question if you're recording that way you can direct uh, monitor direct or mix with a stereo feed from the DAW and inputs directly david did you ch happen to see what the price is on this yet? i did um okay, but i so want to ask you guess. first yes did you watch the demo that they put up on youtube i've watched a, i watched a few videos i don't know i can't remember if i watched their i don't know the like, one on the, the article neve i one. sent it was like the neve brand demo like i can't remember page. i know i watched them i watched Dude, some it stuff sounded the uh the young lady singing vocals on it sounded unbelievable and then what I really liked too, the bass sounded fine, the guitar sounded fine. What I really liked was the stereo. They did a stereo with like a Rhodes keyboard, Ooh. and it sounded with a, a delay pedal, the stereo delay. Mm. It sounded fucking so good, mm. dude. The price point is, it puts it up higher in that like tier point, the Universal Audio sort of realm. Let let me ask you this, because no. oh, let's just, we didn't say it's one thousand two hundred forty five dollars yeah. available for pre order currently thirteen hundred bucks. Did you think, no, what, what is the, so the comparable piece from uh, UA, is that, how much is that? The, uh, so right now one of the interfaces we're using is the Apollo Twin X, which right. I would guess would be sort of, you would have to call that the direct competitor. I can't, honestly, I'm, 13, I don't, like a thousand? I don't, I bought, I got this from our friends, right. I don't remember what, but I'll just so, add a couple hundred bucks to it. I, I, I can't remember, honestly, okay. I, I would have to look it up. If I had to. It's in this, it's in that it's in that ballpark. I would, I would say, say it's just, maybe 11 or 12, something yeah. like that. Now, the other thing that they don't talk about is with UA, you get software, right? Mm -hmm. Neve 
I don't believe has proprietary software. No, that's right. You're basically buying this because it has great converters. It's a small interface because this isn't going to be the center unless you unless you have a bunch of really good ADAT channels that you want to use. But even still, that's limited. You're, this isn't going to be the center of like a massive studio recording. This is for someone who wants a really high quality recording. Either they only ever will need a couple channels at home or they're doing more sort of mobile stuff because it's bus powered, which is something we talked about before. Right. And it has two of the best preamps that money can buy that people, you know, clone all the time. And, you know, that's the and, thing. And you have to your point as soft, you can live, there is this, these exact preamps you can get via universal audio, just only software emulation versions, be not really actual hardware. It'd be really interesting to hear the emulation versions versus this. It always is. You know, I love, those I told shootouts. you. And the first thing I think I texted you about, it was like, I want to hear the, you know, and just a straight a B C D E F of like all these. Gizzle. With just like the same vocalist through the same vocals or the same guitar, you know, the same chain mm -hmm. through one instrument through everything. And I want to see if it, is it worth, you know, three times what I paid for my focus. Dude, I would say let's it's just start a new little gear buds spin off. Little side buds? All, so side buds <laughs> where we just do comparisons of Universal Audio plugins to all the different hardware versions, which means we're just going to have to acquire whole other, all the different hardware whole versions. Show. And it's going to just be YouTube videos of us comparing yeah. them. Uh, I do have to say too, like the module itself looks very durable. It mm. looks well built. Well built. Um, I'm a huge fan of Neve. I, I mean, honestly, like, if you were gonna step up your recording game, I know what you're buying. I was saying this too. Like, uh, I was thinking this, and I didn't text you, but I was like, if we were still in quarantine, <laughs> like, I would upgrade my system, and I would probably buy one of those. If we still had to do this remote, right, all the time. Oh man, thank God we don't. Um, it that would be something. But here's the thing I think they're targeting. Like, their demographic is going to be the people like, you know, Greg Pansiera, shout out, you know, who worked what on up, my Gregors? stuff. People who are like, maybe you have a portable module, you're going to go do vocal takes, you're going to go record some guitars. But you want to show up with something that has a little cachet. A little more than just like, yeah. Hey, check out my Neve interface. Right. Boom. I, look, I mean, the name carries a lot of weight. It does. But, you know. Sonically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, I want one. I don't need it, but I want it. I want it, too. Let's yeah. get one and then we can just share it. Please. One channel we each. We can each have one channel. That's all we need. You get it on the weekends. Every other weekend. Oh. Can I can I get it sometimes? Every other Monday and Thursday. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about someone that we just talked about earlier, and that is our good friend and former guest, Ben Fulton. What's going on with Ben? So designer Ben Fulton, uh from that we know from Red Witch as well. My favorite as, pedal manufacturer by the time. All I love that. Uh, he, we, on that episode of ours, told us about his other endeavor that he was embarking on but couldn't really get into deeply yet. And that is something called Imperial Electrical. And so Imperial Electrical has two pedals that they released at NAM, And we're about to talk about them because I think they're pretty freaking awesome. So they're both, and, and, and we've already talked about one before, they're both amp in a box stomp boxes. But much smaller and simpler than a lot of them tend to, sure. tend to be right now. It's they're both four four knob two foot switch, but in a in a sort of just like the smaller kind of you know Hammond fifteen ninety smaller box. Okay. And uh, the first one is called Zeppelin, and I just want you to take a guess. What you what do you think that's going to try to do? <laughs> no, I I wouldn't have a clue. Well, uh, let me paint it a picture for you, friends, uh, because it makes a Zeppelin sound, and that. I mean, Led Zeppelin. Uh, it captures the sound and feel of, of a time when guitar gods ruled the airwaves because he took basically 
it's like I said, it's got two foot switches. It has a one foot switch for the amp side okay. and one foot switch for something else. And the something else in this one is the the preamp section uh, circuitry from a an Echoplex. Of, which oh is, wow! Well, of course, everyone knows Jimmy Page would run an Echoplex into the front of his late 60s Marshall which it just so happens to be a late 60s Marshall circuit on the amp side so that's what that side does Uh, I believe it's the three so it's one knob for the boost which you can switch in or out and then three knobs for the amp side which I think is like gain volume and tone would be my my best guess I don't remember exactly Uh, but I did listen to him play it and freaking nails the he was playing a Lester just like a you know regular old standard into that and then into just like kind of not like a just a really really clean sounding amp so it was mic'd on a cab on a on a on a, ca- on a combo amp yeah he was yeah. playing it and uh it absolutely ripped it sounded exactly like the uh tone from song remains the same there it is that's what oh I was shit dude. so uh i love it because i mean that jangly dude, like ding, 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 yeah ding, but ding. it's like oh no i mean i'm sorry i mean by song remains the same i mean the live documentary oh, the, show the whole, yeah, the whole. like that era of jimmy page sound right. without the last paul into it to that like it's you know because a lot of times we think about a last paul into a marshall you maybe think of a darker warrior sound but that one right. is like kind of a sharper like yeah trebly yeah he's got a lot of cut with that yeah. but it's still beefy and yes. it nails it and actually when you crank the echoplex it kind of can get even a little bit further uh, a lot a little bit more uh, a little bit more gaining i gotta than go he back and did. watch that, man. that sounds but fun. uh i just want you to guess we, we do this all the time. Well, price point? Price point. This is like the available price is right now. over here. What's the dude? price? One dollar. No. You got to um, guess under, otherwise it doesn't count. Uh, $3.99. Ooh, going I, high end. $2.19. I like that. Available now. I always like when I'm wrong when I guess on the high side. And it sounds that makes real me happy. good. I know, right? Because to me, it, it just the way you described it, I'd pay $400 for it. Spoiler next pedal. Another one in the same series, same price, so you don't get to guess this one. But I'll let you guess this, because it's called Appetite. What do you think that's all about? G&R, baby. Which is a great fucking recorded guitar tone. Like oh, it one sure of the best is. Ever. So the Inspired by Slash, uh, it, has a, it has a top hat on it. Like The other one has a little Zeppelin stamp. Cute. This one has a top hat. Uh, and it, this one is basically a modded Plexi and then has an extra gain stage in it. And then um, the, uh, like I said, the other one, you know, it has two foot switches with one knob and then three for the amp side. Well, this one, instead of being the Echoplex boost, is actually sort of like a germanium boost. Almost kind of gives it that half cocked wah, like really heavy mid-range thing, which he would do a lot. Um, that one also sounded really good. I'll say that I, the one thing I noticed in the demo, at least the demo I watched, the germanium definitely took it into like a little bit more of like a nastier fuzzier sound that sure. i'm used to from that but i think that's kind of cool because it's nice to have that range you, then you've got that range and then it also allows you to do the more modern slash thing where he does actually use that sound and more of a fuzz kind of thing it even has a signature pedal that does that with mxr um, but i really dig it the one thing i didn't mention the basically the circuits that he's using are he's kind of basically taken the like exact amplifier circuits and then replaced tubes with fat you know just clippers sure uh in there so a little transistor so uh yeah that one doesn't have a release date yet not available yet but he's saying he hopes within the next couple of months wow also same price yeah i remember when we interviewed with him he uh he couldn't he couldn't disclose some of this information which he could not i'm glad it's out um i'm soups glad it's by out. the way like such an underrated guitar player i mean no one you know like you build oh, pedals good man like didn't he do that whole zeppelin set yeah 
where they played like Song Remains the Same or like some Something whole album. Crazy, yeah. And he was just like, he showed us some video and he's just up there with like uh, Les Paul just fucking crushing he's, it. He, yeah, he he can, I mean, not only uh, can he do the Zeppelin thing, he's also, he's just a of very course, good, course, very good but ripper. Like, to do yeah. like the best, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, he's right there. So shout out to Ben, man. Red Witch, it's going strong, dude. Red Witch, but this is, again, we've got to make sure that's clear. This is a separate brand. Right. Correct. Called imperial electrical yes so again that's the imperial electrical zeppelin and appetite zeppelin now appetite in the future have an appetite for the appetite uh here we go let's keep talking about pedals do you remember the bisonic or bixonic because it's b-i-x-o-n-i-c b-i-x-o-n-i-c x pandora pedal i can see the logo but and i'm trying and to remember and what it, it came in like a looks like a little tuna can pedal yeah. <clears throat> and it's Known for being beloved specifically by Billy Gibbons, who at one point, or maybe even now, had like five of them in series. Yeah. In his live rig at all times. Well, anywho, they fell off the face of the earth. No one really knew what happened to them. Like they, they stopped making that pedal. That was the brand? Was Bisonic? B I X O N I C. I always just said Bisonic, but I don't know if it's Bixonic or whatever Bi-Sonic, the fuck. Yeah. But anyway, anyways, they now have made a reappearance at NAM. And a comeback for 2022 with their new pedal, the appropriately named, and I'm just going to spell it for you, A-X-E-N-T-R-I-X, Accentrics. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it also, it's not a, it's not in a circular tuna can thing, but the, the enclosure that it comes in is weird. It's, it's a very strange shape and uh, it has weird proportions, uh, but it's also, uh, it's basically the X Pandora, but they've now allowed you to have uh store uh presets in there so it has memory so you can have a bunch of different nice. sounds from it uh and uh, it now has an accent knob to fine tune the tone launches in july well now just keeping in mind the recent sort of boom of vintage pedals being very expensive or even dod pedals that were never anything more They're than now 20 dollars are now like a couple hundies yeah. what do you think that they're now asking for this eccentrics pedal which i will be buying as soon as it's you're getting one yeah i've never owned a bixonic i don't know how to say it expandora and i've always wanted one and now if i can get one that has presets why wouldn't i get it 159 oh great guess 200s yeah nice. i think it's reasonable it is i don't i need another distortion pedal like i need a hole in my pedal board but uh you know what i'm gonna get it anyway. what is your favorite distortion pedal that you have Oh, it's the, the harmonic percolator. Okay, uh, excluding the harmonic percolator because oh, wow. that's well, I'm just I'm that's like its own sort of category for the in own my brain. You know, for people who can just mm. play normal pedals, what would you say? What would you recommend? Well, you know, I've never been a big straight up distortion pedal guy. Because the harmonic percolator, you can't really call it a fuzz. You can't really call it it's a distortion. Kind of a it's mix. kind of somewhere in yeah. there. When I think distortion pedal, I think Proco Rat first of all Dude. first and foremost good call just a straight up rat even the reissues sound great i might get a modded one that I, I like the sort of Not white white face rat screamer? whatever you call it a tube screamer i would consider that an overdrive i wouldn't call it a distortion pedal ah there's overdrive distortion and then fuzz, fuzz. Yes. and boost ah interesting mm-hmm. which one is the uh the foxy over there that's a fuzz right that is a fuzz for days that which is a real fun fuzz every too. time i come in and see it here i'm like it's all just fuzzy and so it's, it's covered in fuzz it's like my I favorite put it on a sh- i want to put it on a shelf <laughs> i i gotta say i actually do like the sound of the dod super distortion that you which are still basically the cheapest dodd father pedals you can get uh these days 
What would the uh, what's the gray spec that I have? That's the DOD. That's circuit, I would right? call that. You know what? That's somewhere. It's an overdrive. It was called an overdrive, but to me, it kind of sounds more like a But to, the point of it was to overdrive a sort of an amp. So I guess that's you know how you tend to, how you tend to make that distinction. But there are these are these are gray lines that we're talking about. This sure, little, it's a hazy separation. And everybody's ears are different, I suppose. Every oh yeah, of course. I guess I would also you know what I've got to put in. I've got to put in in the in the running uh, the. Uh, Boss heavy metal, the which is the, like the Swedish chainsaw metal distortion. Right. Uh, that one, I mean, that one you've got to also run that into a distorted amp to be clear. Like on its own, it sounds like kind of a buzzy butthole. But even into an, a properly distorted amp, it still kind of sounds like a buzzy butthole in a in a way that I really like. So I would throw that on there. Oh, and I have to say, just because I think it's fucking awesome, even though it is a version essentially of the uh, rat. The Earthquaker Devices Life pedal, which I did this Chicago Music Exchange demo, nice. which is you know it's it's a it's a modded rat, but that one is super amazing. I loved that the, the way that thing sounded. I love it, man. Whew, okay, Gearbuds podcast. Dude. Gearbuds podcast. Let's keep talking about Gearbuds. I need we, a beer. I'm gonna go grab one. We do it. Oh, okay, yeah, do that. All right, I can't hold out any longer. Please. Did you did you see Soul pedal? At Nam, this might this one might have flown yeah. under your radar. Because a little under it, the radar. I it's think. a it's a it, this is a weirdy that really made me excited. So, uh, it is called uh, by a company called Soul Pedal. They make insoles for your shoes. Why do I feel like I've heard of this before? I don't know because I hadn't until a few days ago. Have and we I've ever talked around. about? This? I don't believe we have. We've I'm talked about deja vu. We've talked about a lot of stuff on this show, but I don't recall ever talking about Soul Pedal. I could <laughs> okay. go. I could go run a search on our archive. Actually, I do have the, like our notes i could search that search the matrix now but explain to me what this is soul pedal insoles are new insoles for your shoes just whatever shoes that you wear dave you might be asking me why i'm talking about insoles my budweiser slides throw them in your slides i don't know they're those they might make it a little tight in there but we'll see my nikes fair enough throw them in your nikes the soul pedal insole allows you to do a number of things uh including control a wah pedal with just your shoe Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. nope yep somebody put a pedal in your shoe Mm mm-hmm what shoe pedals bro <laughs> is this not the most gear buds gear bud thing ever dude? i know i've been i've been waiting to talk about this oh my god so the soul pedal insoles can wirelessly control a separate wah or volume or even send midi commands or even change your amps freaking channels just by flexing your foot come on i'm not i'm not messing with you bud I feel like uh this is april fool's episode or something this could be but it's june 10th while we're recording this <laughs> So that would be terrible. Also, I hate April Fools. Me too. I don't partake. Um, so the insoles on. are powered by okay. one of those tiny little watch batteries. I'm guessing the what is it, the 3305 or something yep. like that. Yep, exactly. It's multidimensional. It combines expression, analog wall volume, and MIDI control, and it's wireless. You might be asking yourself, well, how does that work? How? Yeah, I was going to say, don't tell me it's on your phone. <laughs> You bet your ass there's an app if you if you're if you're wondering. You're gonna have to have an app. At but some I'm just point saying, if you're on like stage, this. you're not gonna break your phone no, no, in no, the no. middle of a gig. Are you gonna? Do you, could you? Can you really imagine? We'll talk about. Yes, that you can't imagine. Yes, I wouldn't okay. wear pedals on all my right, feet. All right, all right. So it has. First of all, let me say very unclear from what I've seen so far. But this is the best that I could I could figure. It has love this. some sort of sensor sort of deal in the insole, of course, with the battery. So it's powered that way. And then so that has like a wireless chip in there that com- that com- communicates with either it comes with a wireless like a USB dongle 
or this other which they didn't have a lot of information on the website couldn't find out much about it this little pedal that looks like it's got like three knobs and a little screen and a foot switch on it and so i think that basically you'd that's like, the receiver that would be the receiver like and then the, you yeah. plug that into whatever cool. else you're doing i'm stuff. into that then i'm back uh, so uh, it's a thing that goes in your shoe and then a USB stick, but then or your there's boot. also this other pedal looking thing that maybe plugs in other pedals. Again, not couldn't couldn't find that. I need specific more information. I got it. I want to see this. Have you watched demos? Yeah, I. I, 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 can't, I know I watched a couple things, but I don't remember if I like I can't honestly can't remember if I paid close enough attention because I was so befuddled and also um, I just I had to go to their website, which so please they send to, us they one need of to really they, I feel like soul pedal we're into this idea. We want to test Let, it. Let's do it. Let's try please. it out. Oh my God, that sounds so fun. Uh, couldn't find any pricing or availability or anything like that. You know what I would play first? I would do like um, Rage Against the Machine. Like one of the like, wow, wow, yeah, yeah, very foot active. Quit it now. Yeah, I'll do the Zach De La Rocha if you do because it would be pretty. You know, now I think about it, you could combine a couple of very important guitar techniques uh, in the rock world. You can combine wah wah pedaling with tremounting, which I refer to uh, as sticking your foot up on the monitor as tremounting. That's uh, nice. You you coined that term yourself. It was myself and an old bandmate slash roommate, right. uh, John Ozaxa. And you really manspread right on but stage. There is it. I dare, I dare you to try to find a picture of him on the internet where he is not mounted <laughs> foot f- boot firmly planted on a monitor or some road Fuck case yeah, or some dude. sort of situation. Um, so you could combine wahing and tremounting, which I also defy you to try to find an example of that existing somewhere. Someone that has mounted their wah on their fucking interface or on their uh, yeah they, on their so monitor, they like they bring their own monitor on just there. to like. So, question: uh, It's only for one foot, correct? Well, maybe you could. I don't. Who's to say you couldn't get a righty and a lefty? Dude, I want to get both mounted on my feet and run around on stage <laughs> with a wireless and just be like, <laughs> and just be like playing like crazy shit, dude. Well, think about it. You could also, dude. You could fucking play a kick drum pedal, right? Well, that's see, that's where the technology is yeah. getting fucking cool because you're like, I don't have a drummer, but I've got this like foot. And there have been things like this that have sort of existed, but I haven't seen yeah. one where it's just like a sensor like this that also has this pedal where you could also you could just throw it in your boot. The idea of rocket. putting it inside of your shoe is like the innovative. And part then just of like this not telling me. anybody what's going on on right. stage, but like you're still just like clomping around and wand and doing all sorts of jack whiting it up there dude can you imagine getting a fucking karate champ in your like a karate a real martial artist in your band that could do some crazy kicky stuff that also then controls like the lights and the visuals and the sound and shit look this is what this podcast is all about i think that the fact that they're like coming up with this new technology like we're always trying to think of new things right we're always like excited about new ideas this is up there dude Great job, you guys. Soul? Soul pedal. Shout out to Soul, man. I want one. Can you send us one, please? Send us fo- four. Yeah, <laughs> we were going to wear both of them <laughs> and jam at the same time. I promise. It's going to be we awesome. We will dedicate mm, at least half of an episode to doing just that. Please. If you send us these. So please do it. Uh, we'll, Dave will put them in his sli- slides. I'm going to put mine in my Crocs. I will, just forewarning you. <laughs> Because I wear Crocs every time. You're we gonna go into turbo mode. I don't believe we've ever mentioned. I'm gonna kick it back into four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. Dude. <laughs> so, uh, oh, dude, there's so much. Um, I'm having a great time. Let's keep it going. 
Uh, okay, the Klontar. Did you see that? Yes. The Klontar lives. The, was that Chibson had something to do with that? It was a number of our friends, actually. It was Chibson. Uh, shout out to Chibson USA. Uh, shout out to Daredevil Pedals. Johnny, who nice. put the Klon circuit inside the guitar. I wore my Daredevil shirt last night to the show. It was also R&R Relics and Sully Guitars. I know that uh, Johnny hit, plays Sully Guitars, and they are uh, really great instruments. I've actually played, you know what, now I think about it, I've played his junior-type guitar that he cool. has of theirs. Uh, but not only that, they got our friend from Masters of Shred, a really, really awesome Instagram account and really good guy uh, to do the actual demoing of the guitar at Nam, wearing a centaur costume with a big blow Come up on. the back, back end, end thing? of a centaur. And That's he's like, hysterical. if you know Master, I don't know if, but like, he's like a real, he's real into work and he's a real muscular kind of dude. So he, it was perfect for oh, a wow. centaur costume. Shirt off and everything. Huh? He, I, you know, the video I watched, he did have the shirt on, but like he still bulges, man. Yeah, dude. So, uh, yeah. So they basically built a guitar in the shape of a centaur oh, sort of so looking funny. thing. And then they put a Klon centaur But they did put a circuit in, in the in a pet from the pedal in the guitar which right. johnny from daredevil made and uh and it's and it's a color of like the original sort of <clears throat> goldish uh case finish so they demoed it like and so he at nam in the uh i can't remember whose booth it was oh maybe it was the chibson booth i don't remember who it was but maybe or maybe it might have been the sully guitars booth they ha- he was just in the centaur costume like walking around playing playing God, the thing yeah that's fucking and incredible. he you know he shreds he can he can he can rip, yeah. the, rip the guitar so that's so cool super excited that was one of the i gotta be honest from all the news that i've seen of course i missed nam but like i, I don't have the huge gas that i would have had from like if we hadn't gone to, to 2020 but something NAM. like that is something that that's something i really wish that i had seen yeah, dude, in person can, honestly sure. uh but i did notice that at the booth they, they did have the durst burst so you know that that was it was on another, display that was gonna make another uh appearance i was on just thinking about that thing there's burst Oh, God, so many things to talk about. You know what we've got to talk about, Dave? It's time. Okay. We've got to potentially talk shit about something right now. And I think uh, you know what that means. Well, let's be nice. I'm going to try to be as diplomatic as I can. Me too. I always am. Let's I talk give everything about a fair chance. Insane Skins. Oh, boy. Who, in partnership with Bon Jovi guitarist Phil X. Phil X, who I've got to say, I have a lot of respect for him. He's been around for a while. Dude, super rips, Which, super hard, super positive, good guy. I. Bon Jovi, uh, R.I.P. Their bass player. He just oh, passed away. wasn't aware of that. Bummer. Ago. Also, for some reason, out. oh wait, never mind. I was going to mention Def Leppard. No, no, it is Bon Jovi. For some reason, Bon Jovi, right now, like a uh, you know, there's a race happening for F1 this weekend, and like every race, they have this like Spotify playlist where they like partner with somebody, sure. and for some reason, freaking Bon Jovi is the like official F1 playlist takeover this weekend. So it's like, like what just is the their intersection? Songs? that their songs and like songs that they choose oh. like what is the intersection of formula one fan and bon jovi john bon like, what is has some what is that too. venn diagram you know john bon's got some yeah cash. he's got some friends in monaco but that doesn't mean that those people listen to freaking the jove either way whatever we've got to talk, we came here to talk about insane yeah, skins sorry. which are i'm just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get right into it they're stickers that you put on your guitar to make it look like it's relict it's weird it's and you know what's funny, like in uh, folks, the, I just had to put my hand, my hand, yeah, head, my just, hands for a second. Yeah, you just put your head in your hands. Um, I. And this look, is, this also is not an April Fool's joke. This is a, well, a real. Product. Let's be fair. That's not the only thing they do. Raps. So if you want to wrap your guitar in like an American flag. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah. So I, just, whole, I know that this this specific yeah. product product in partnership with Phil X are is about correct these relicking. But stickers. the company themselves, I went to their website. 
they do you know if dude look if you want to wrap your 330 with like an american flag i mean they'll hook you up you know if you want to bury that beautiful finish the relicking part of it the um the relic decals i guess you would call it it's like a decal yeah supposedly they don't damage the top but how could they not move around if it's not like a, at least a sort of well they probably you probably put it on like a poly finish and it probably wouldn't damage it i bet a nitro that would a sticker is gonna fuck up a nitro finish i don't care what it's made of Dude, unless look, it's like okay. a window sticker all right i don't we've talked a lot about two things on this show stickers stickers and relicking <laughs> yeah. and now you're bringing the worst of both worlds dude. now here we get both of them together oh my <sighs> god okay what's your take my take is, is i need to ask a question mm-hmm. is there a market for this do people want mm. stickers to make their guitars look bad because we've talked about the joe that remember that joe strummer fender that they made where yeah. it was like uh it looked like it was the black relic- one I think it was sort of like a grayish. Top. Well, yeah, that's the telly, like the the telly. But they telly. like it was came with but stickers, they, but you don't. Have but to like them. the it came with what looked like a worn finish from across the room. But then yeah. when you actually got closer, it was like a painted on worn finish. Yes. right. This is basically that, but like with stickers. So well, it's my like, question is: Are is there is there an actual market? Do people want this for anything other than a joke? I thought the ad when I saw it was like a Chibson thing. Right. I thought it was fake. Like I was like, this is especially because Felix is kind of wacky and like funny and, and actually and maybe, very maybe charismatic part and stuff. Is, you know, partly tongue tongue in cheek. Okay, you know, maybe so that, that does not come through to me in anything that I'd seen. I but will, I guess maybe that's that's on me. I mean, do I want to just? I will, I'll slap one on my jazz bass. You would just put one on looked. your you the non sticker man would well, put a relic sticker on your instrument. What? First of all. The jazz bass has that crazy like refrigerator coating. I know on it. it's got. That's it's, why I said jazz bass, right, not my PB. Yeah. the jazz has that ridiculous like. Well, then why wouldn't you put a cool sticker on? There? I'm not gonna put any stickers. I just <laughs> I'm saying, dude, don't get it, don't get it twisted. I'm not putting any stickers on my bass. If you send me one, I'll put it on there and check it out. But it's coming right off. But I want to see like what it looks like. The photo they took, I will say, they did a good job with marketing. The photo I looked at a number of the photos, photo looks yeah. almost real from if you were on stage right. and someone was down there, you it looks like you're playing a worn guitar. Why? I think they found a niche in the market. I don't think it's for everybody or anybody even, but some people might want to be like, man, I don't want to sand off the finish on my <laughs> what on your what? Like on my strat or something, I'm just gonna slap this sticker to make it look like I play a bunch. <laughs> and then, but I don't suck. want it to actually look like I play a bunch, so I can take it off. Yeah, look, this is. Uh, I don't understand. I, that's I, my point, dude. You know what? I, said I it support. On the last segment. I support anyone's right to be to want and whatever makes you happy. Yeah, always. market the shit out of it. But I again, like, does someone? Tell me now. I will does, say this: Do people want? If it's this? more of like a window decal where you can just peel it right off, it's okay. The, uh, it's, the quote I, I have is that the adhesives are easily remo- removable okay. as well. In case you want to switch it up, but like, again, so the, I my mean, point I with that is it needs to be a certain amount of tacky. Otherwise, it's just going to slide off the second you're on a hot, sweaty stage. Yeah, gonna, sweaty. Can you imagine being on stage <laughs> and that it's like it's like the Rudy the Giuliani the movie? Like, it's like Rudy Giuliani's fucking. hair paint wearing off your fucking relic wears off under the hot lights of the stage it starts sliding down it starts on the upper arm and it's like (laughs) by the end of the show it's like down by the bridge 
oh my god on your pants your pants are um, it just falls off on stage so but okay so if not if that isn't the case then it's gonna have to be like a pretty decent adhesive which i would which not i don't trust want on anything no, i'm not good yeah i mean look that's the insane part of this to me is that i wonder how many how many stage. units have they sold that's i don't know i don't question. know if they're even for sale yet honestly i couldn't it, i couldn't i, I could a, not find an order be a jo- i was trying to like, and i'm not something. shitting on these guys but by the way like wrapping your guitar or doing something like that which is what do they specialize the in do. i don't care put a fucking confederate flag on it if you want mm, i don't give a shit yeah I don't. I don't encourage that. <laughs> Grand Wizard might have something to say. Grand Wizard might want that. No, but um, honestly, like, good for them. You know, uh, they're they're trying something. I hope they didn't spend a lot in the marketing and and trying to do this. But uh, the photo I saw, it didn't look horrible. You know what? I also I noticed about it. It was ash. It was ash wood. So you got to be real careful. What? Because if you put it on a mahogany and guitar, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm gonna call you out, friend. Yeah. I'm like that. That shouldn't have maple. That's pop. not ash. That's not ash body. Wow. Oh, they they must have different proper, proper would, options. Do you think they have different options? Def. You have to. If you're going to go that far, insane skins are going to make some different types insane. of wood. Maybe they even have like a wear, like a, a black over burst or a here's what I would goldie do. over a wine red. How about this? You know the old like um the skull that's open with like the brain your sticking brains. out. That would be dude cool like some there. fucking like those like or your muscle tat- tissue tattoos that like yes. where it's like tip ripped skin. Some what are the biomech? What is that biomech. Thank you. That's now some, we're there in, was some dude. fucking ink master lingo for now me. we're talking, dude. Oh god, well, if you had to pick one mm-hmm. former trend tattoo mm. style. You know, we're talking biomech. We're talking tribal. Tribal. That was the second one that came out. We're talking the uh, what is it called? Those like that very like two thousands crash. Uh, it's like trash. Oh, something. trash polka. Trash polka. Trash polka. I would probably go. Um, that. That's pretty. Cool. Well, I'm trying to think what else was a watercolor. Well, like there's there, like all those different trends. Yeah, a trend. A tattoo. Um, yeah, I would go like a trash polka beer glass would be cool. You've already got it picked out. I love that. I mean, you, you didn't ask what content, so like, what's no, the... Uh, what's I didn't the, at all. What would you pick? I have no idea. You'd go um, Tribees, dude. <laughs> Tribal wristband? <laughs> I'm just going to straight barbed wire around just, all uh, my... All dude. the tattoos I have over here, I'm just going to get barbed wire over the top Isn't of it them. funny that like ironic tattoos are going to be more ironic soon? I would get... Dude, I would love to get a tram stamp. Uh, I bet it hurts, honestly, down there, but I would just, I think that would be a fun one. Dude, but to like, me, like, like a, tram stamp's the one get. thing you can never cover. It's like the one placement where you can never, like, if I know. Because I have, I had a tribal on my arm when I was 16 and I got it covered with my. Uh, I, I was not aware version. that that was a cover up. Yep. Those wings of the, of the yeah, American you can uh, traditional. Yeah, see it, like, following. That's why he's all distorted and crazy looking. But mm. I will say, if I went, like, dude, I had, so we found a, this is a total side tangent, but I think. I just asked you a weird tattoo question. When I was 16, we found a place that I'm not going to disclose, but it was in Donner's Grove that would give you a tattoo no matter what your age. No, Jesus, no fucking, you know, obviously you're like, you have to drive there. So you're not, your parents are going to drop you off, but like 16, 17, 18, I think the legal age was 18 at the time. Maybe 20, I think 18 is still the age. Yeah. Um, But anyways, they would, they wouldn't ask questions. They give you whatever you want. And I had, I went in and got my little tiny tribal. And then of course was cool. Like in 1998, I wore that into high school, like my senior year, and people oh, were damn. like, "Holy shit, dude! Yeah. Like, you got a fucking dude, real tattoo." Dude, my senior year got a tattoo on dude, my football team. So he had a rare. shamrock on his back, and I was like, "Whoa!" It was oh so rare. Nowadays, you see like <laughs> kids running around in high school, face with tattoos, full tattoo. Yeah, it's crazy. But I will say this: there were kids who I told about the place, and they went and got 
big tribal <laughs> tattoos. I'm just glad I wasn't one of those motherfuckers, dude. Like your full name across your I, back or something. Literally tribal name across his back, this one yeah. kid, dude. It was wild. Co- shoulder to shoulder. Did, my cousin did that. I don't know if he quite, no, wasn't quite that young, but yeah. yeah. That, that's that's a big one. So it's a, it's a commitment. It's fun, though. It's fun. Let's talk about... Mm, I like your tattoos, by the way. Thank you. I like yours, too. I want to get another one. Yeah, I want one every day. Um, okay. This is one that I might actually buy because it sounded awesome. Uh, Soldano has made a mini amp solid state version of the SLO. Really? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, the Soldano SLO 100, Super Lead Overdrive 100, came out in 1987. Super awesome, high-gain, yeah. rock metal A staple amp. of a lot of bands. Yeah, but very expensive and you know, kind of still way more on the boutique side. You know, We're talking about $4,000 yeah. guitar amp. Honestly, one of, the, one of the earlier boutique amps, I think. For real. Yeah. It probably, like everyone else, I, I don't remember the exact story, but I would imagine it was... M- modding marshals you know mm-hmm. at the time just like everyone else but either way this new one is an slo mini and it is a that's the same cascade of gain stages in the same configuration of the tube amp says michael soldano the eq stack all the components are the same exact values of what the tube amp but it's just a 30 watt solid state head version of it for you're about to guess how much dollars how much how much are the dollar is davies oh geez this is a little out of my wheelhouse uh 23.99 we're talking solid state. Four ninety nine. Two forty nine. That's it? Yeah. That's the reason I was like, oh, I probably don't like I would love to own an SLO. Right. I'm not gonna spend the amount of money for the like I don't ever play hundred watt heads anyways right now. Yeah, of course. I'm not gonna buy a four thousand dollar one that I'll not I'm not gonna and play. And they don't but sound good until you really crank them. So it's you gotta you gotta move your get those Maybe if we get those inserts, those if we put inserts. our s- city soul or uh, soul pedal city inserts, soul. <laughs> city soul that's that shoe store in Bucktown. Yeah. <laughs> if we put the if we put the soul pedals and then we get the slow minis with them in stereo, dude, you could get a, a stereo Soldano rig for five hundies. Imagine that. And, but the point is that I actually listened to some demos of it and it sounds wicked. Really, it sounds really cool. Look, dude, I mean. I think we're getting closer and closer to like where solid state used to have this rep is like, it's just not the same as tube and all this stuff. But if, if people are starting to get better at modulation mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. So I think I would love to give it a shot. Oh, so that's that. I, that's, that's another thing I might have to buy. Now I want to, it was, this is when I was like, Hey, should we talk about gear? Should we talk about this? Are we moving on? Let's do the hypothetical. Let's do it. And this I is something this. that we sort of talked about earlier, which I feel like this whole podcast has been hypothetical, but I'm still really excited about At least we've episode. already got the name. What was it? Cajun queen or something like that. Uh, Casket Casket queen, queen. which okay. is dark, but also awesome. Love it. Yeah. Would you rather have one, conversion of say a 52 to a 59 Ooh, like we talked about yeah. or Beautiful. the equivalent price arsenal because we're talking about an expensive guitar mm-hmm. of, of of sick gear well let's talk about the price okay so let's say 30 grand right i believe I, I you, you I see them 20 to 40 yeah like I they mean, they kind of depending on what it is and, and how they did it and what's if you're if it's got original pafs in there let's let's remember that let's do original pafs okay so we're talking about original wood husk yeah. when i say when we say conversion folks just sorry let's let's mm, make this please. clear we're talking about 
say like a 1952 or 1953 Gibson Les Paul typically is what they'll take because those were not the best playing years, but you get the old wood. I believe Jam City is the company or at least the seller who sells a lot of these. There's, there is a number of converter converters out there, conversions and such people who do this. Uh, Take one of those, usually gold top because that's what they're making. And then you convert that using hopefully. So the one that we're talking about that sort of, stoked this fire what came from michigan and they used old growth michigan maple for the top like which is what they which would have used, used at right. the time so they you know they, they kept to that i can't remember if this one had pafs in it or not i think the one i yeah the one we're talking like about real PAFs. didn't i think it had like duncan's or whatever sure. which are great don't get me wrong I yeah have, i have antiquities but part of the value is having the, the val- exactly sure. right and the experience of having an old gibson right so you take one of those and then you put in this new stuff and just put on a new top and right. do all the whole thing, finish it like a burst would age it, relic it perhaps, you know, and then th- that does make them very, very expensive because you're talking, you're starting with a very expensive guitar to begin with, like t- to your point that you just made very astutely. If you put the expensive PAFs in there, that makes the guitar more expensive sure. in itself. Would you rather have that? that experience or the equivalent $30,000 worth we'll of say $30,000 worth of well, other guitars. It's a no brainer. <clears throat> I mean, is it, it is to tell me. Tell me why it's a no brainer to you because I'm, I'm well, I'm, people who've been listening a long time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a refin. I'll take refins all day. Yeah. What is that? Six refin guitars. I mean, you know, averaging five grand a piece, something like that. You talk about an amp. Mm. Let's just say two refins, two good refins, and maybe a really nice amp. Okay, so we're saying, okay, so we're opening this up. It wouldn't just be necessarily a guitar for guitars. It would be guitar for guitars and pedals and amps yeah, and you all could, sorts dude, of shit. For 30 grand, stu- I, mean, I mean, well, you were saying you could probably sell all your shit and you'd be like right there. For my guitars, I could do sure. that. Yeah. And I'd be the you know, similar. Mm. Uh, no. I'll be close, but I have to think. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. But either way, I I would have to sell a significant portion of my good guitars to yeah get that. Um, now the other side of the coin is maybe you don't need ten guitars. This is this is I feel this is truly <clears throat> the counter argument. But if right? you had one thirty thousand dollar guitar, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to gig with it, which I'm fine with. I've sure. gig with my yeah, old show. That's what that's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to gig with it. You're going to record, you're going to play it every day. Like it's all you have. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how even approaching something like the way I approach something on a P bass versus jazz bass, the way you totally. approach something on a strat yes. versus a Les Paul, right. um, writing wise and recording wise, you want to have more tools in the box. Right. That's, that's why I have currently wound up with over 24 guitars, you know, like yeah. that's I, because I, I, you have a 12 I, string. I adhere to this thought, exactly this thought that it's like having the, the, the colors in the, in the, in the yeah. toolbox. But then, you know, you think about the greatest players that we all love of all time and they all sound like themselves no matter what they're playing. Yep. Bone tone. So, uh, you know, a 12 string is a 12 string. That's, that is a different type of tool, totally. I'll say, or a bass or something like that. But ultimately, Maybe single coils versus humbuckers is sort of an argument, but either way, like I truly, it's I. It, when I first started thinking about this, I thought it was a total slam dunk. I was thinking, yeah, no, no brainer. I'd rather have my entire guitar collection versus just like one super right. special conversion, basically. Because to get to a real, like you know, there. In fact, there is a there is a burst for sale on Reverb right now for, for like the unheard of below two hundred thousand dollars price, but it doesn't have PAFs. Well, in let's it. let's uh, let's mix it up a little bit. 
So we're talking about oh, conver- and that one was reenact. Like we're talking about conversions. Mm-hmm. That's fine. A burst, obviously, and this all stems from that article that Reverb sent, where they were like, they had replaced neck on a 1960 burst. It was a 59, yeah, yeah. 59, mm-hmm. and it was like 177,000, and they're like, that's a about, steal yeah. of a deal, right? Um, again, it's, but I've seen like, I've seen like the you know, which is my holy grail of Les Pauls, which is the mid 50s. Uh, with the P90s, mm-hmm. which I am a humbucker man, but that that guitar to me is just the the picture perfect essence of the beauty. black the, the black beauty. all blacked yeah. out uh, mid fifties. You know, Epiphone did the re- yeah <clears throat> exactly. Um, you can find those for thirty grand. So let's just go to that and let's say all original. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. And obviously, if you're a P90, so the question it, now becomes: Do you would original. you rather have like yeah. say you have a big collection of gear? Right. Is there value in having all that stuff that you can only play one at a time or whatever versus having one super special thing that Even if might it's original, yeah, might be better than the stuff that you have? And I don't. The lately, my mind has kind of been thinking maybe you just have the one thing. I don't know. Like and and but we were talking about this. You you told me that every four months I want to go through a fucking <laughs> spring, spring cleaning. cleaning. I was like spring, summer, fall, yeah, winter fall cleaning. cleaning, winter cleaning. Yeah, and that's true. I do want to get rid of everything every once in a while. I, I don't know because I, I like, okay, I've got this 330 sitting right next to me right now. That's the only guitar I play. Yeah. That's it. It's perfect. You know, so yeah. it's like, but I know that literally across the wall from it, I have a vast collection yeah. that I almost feel like I don't deserve most of the time. Well, so I, I would disagree with that. Well, thank you. But either way, the point is that you can still only play one thing at a time. Yes. And maybe you put your own insane relicking into the thing if you just choose one amazing thing right and granted you have to work your way up to that thing i i don't take for granted that i have a, a collection of stuff that i've invested a lot of time and money and effort into in my life yeah. but like i do have that so I mean, should i should i have just like one really awesome thing <clears throat> or two or two i would say two i mean here here's the other thing i mean you have to look at your because a backup is a backup situation but the, you, could, you could get dude there's that one that we're lo- a broke and had stock les paul that we found that you could get for like a thousand twelve hundred bucks dude, i, you know? I want to yeah i want to buy that for yeah. like a thousand bucks it's so cool um my whole thing is you have to look at your situation too if you were touring with a band um even if you had like a you know if you were playing every night let's just say that mm-hmm Maybe you you would play the one guitar, but you're more like right now you're more of a studio situation. I'm an at home player these days, right? So you have to think you have to have your arsenal. Like if you sold your Jazzmaster, I'd be really sad because I'd be like, you have to get another Fender. In so would Matt Barber Kennedy, but Kennedy because yeah. that's who I got from. But I also, dude, I still got my Telly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you just and you, you know, but like again, and that Telly slaps my butt, and it would be hard for me to ever get rid of that thing. Mm. It's also birth year. Birth year. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, Dan Smith. I think it depends on... Yeah, the Dan Smith stuff is great. Um, I, it depends on your situation, I think. You know, I think it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you need more tools in the in the shed. I w- Well, that was... I guess that's... But if you were just... If you were it, just... Yeah. Hey, there's old Hank, and he's just... He only has one 330, and that's all you play ever. It would be hard for me to... So cool. If I had to choose only between... 330 and 335 i would probably have to go with the 335 just because it has a center block mm. and it can doesn't feed back as much on stage and it's way more versatile like that thing you it would you would have to take some serious precautions to play that on stage yeah yeah well it was kind of like a 330 we were talking about uh 
last week I was talking about that band, uh, The Matches, mm-hmm. and the one guy played the one guitar That's right. through their whole career, and he still has it. And he had he had other guitars and videos and stuff, but it was like all thrash. Yeah. And I'm like, there is something so fucking cool about having the one same guitar. And I was trying to think of like musicians that we admire who have only played one thing through pretty much their whole career. Uh, there's not a lot of them. there's it's not even Jimmy Page like stuff like head. that. You're like, I mean, yeah, the Jimmy Page burst, but uh-huh. but he had a Telecaster before that. Yep. He you know Dragon Tele. Yeah, and even the white one he had I think earlier than that. Um, which might have been the same guitar. Yeah, I don't it. know. Yeah, but the point is, like, yeah, I guess it just depends on your on what you're what you're thinking. But yeah, thirty grand on a guitar. I mean, I don't know. Even if I was rich, yeah, because I mean, there are a lot of instruments or a lot of musicians that you identify with a singular type of instrument, like a Strat or whatever. BB King with Lucille, but it's not like he only ever played one Lucille forever or Hendrix with the Strat. Whatever. It's right. like There were a bunch of Hendrix different a great guitars. Example. Yeah. Throughout or drums or basses. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jocko, I guess. But he had, he had, a, a he had multiple career. bases too. Yeah, he had one that was stolen and broken right. and smashed and all this stuff. So, um, it's Slash? something to a, Slash a, played, aspire he to. He played no, a he's lot had of a different. bunch of different yeah. Les Pauls. Yeah, and in fact, the ones that were most famous during Appetite Destruction were not even Gibson Les Pauls. They were made by someone else. Really? Uh-huh. Do you remember who? <sighs> I want to. I can't Hammer? remember. The, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the name. No, no, it was like a custom builder mm. dude. Yeah, it's uh the point. I guess the reason I even brought this up, which yeah. I think is an interesting thought experiment. I just I can't decide. Like I can't. I thought for sure it was going to be a slam dunk. Yeah, I want to have a bunch of variety, but like I don't know if I could find one guitar that feels as good as my Les Paul Custom or whatever. Right. And then, but was from the fifties, and I could just turn all of the other stuff into that. You know, I'd keep a bass and acoustic or whatever. But yeah. like say you know a significant but if number you just had of like one guitar, the vintage electrics one electric guitar i, I don't I, it's kind of hard for me to to, uh, to not want that i could do if i just had my p bass i could do that yeah, yeah. well and plus your p bass is modded so it has it has versatility it in does it. but i don't even use the versatility I just, <laughs> I just play. you just play the p pick pretty up. much yeah. yeah um yeah i mean yeah, it's a great it's a great conversation because it's you know there again there's thirty thousand there's two hundred and fifty thousand dollar guitars out there and it's like if you bought that you feel like you would almost have to just play that all the time you have to and also keep it in a special dude I mean cage when you're not nothing makes me more pissed than these you know you buy I guess that's like another that. thing that you are taking on a lot more individualized risk or I should say concentrated risk versus individualized like you're spreading out your risk along a bunch of instruments versus one instrument that could get stolen just like that real easily well how about this uh and i think we've probably talked about this but like my cap for spending money on a guitar Mm -hmm. five grand (sighs) maybe six if it's (laughs) he's already changing the cap no i'm gonna say five five grand well with inflation it's hard to fucking know yeah and yeah and and you know, I don't know. Be. I don't know. I don't know what my cap is. I've I've been around that number. You know, I just think like if I spend five grand on something, that's that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's to your point from before. It's also a matter of current priorities, too, because it's like at one time, you know, right now, uh, because I've been like saving for stuff. It's like, well, I've got like a certain amount of cash that I haven't had before. So it would be easy right. for me to. But like, but then that's what? but yeah. then what? You, you know? just have it. And you play it in your house. Like. That's right. So it's hard. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't have a spending cap, but I do think that right now, despite the fact that it would be easier to like rob me blind, I think I would trade. <laughs> you will all not my disclose your address. Like one this. real awesome stuff, you know. Yeah, dude. I mean, 
again, there's stuff that we could like we could weed out some guitars that you probably don't play ever. Oh, there's a number of those. Yeah, so maybe you just got to do some spring Including, hey, Stingray, I know you're listening to this. Give me my freaking Aria back. Oh, dude, I I had that thing for a minute. It that plays great, great. Yeah. I got to I gotta pass that on to someone who's actually going to play so it. Especially good, now man. that he, I, he like did all the beautiful Did he do the fretwork work? Yeah, and then now I'm just not going to even keep it and get, give it to someone else. Drive your ass over there and pick it up. All right, buddy. That was a lot of gear talking. That was a beefy. That was a beefy beefer. Had a few beers. Feeling good. Going to have to do some editing uh, when it comes out. But that's okay because that's what we do around here. And if you did hang out with us this long. By the way, I just want to say, Dave, love you. I love you too, bro. Great episode. Love hanging with you. And folks, hang with you as well. But if you did make it to the end with us in this episode, why don't you go make some music? Bye.